because I'm interviewing somebody I know. What's up, everybody? It is your man, C.L. King, coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. And I just got done off the hibachi grill, the, the McGriddle or whatever you call it. Seems like since they got that for me for Father's Day, don't nobody want to cook around this camp. I don't know what's going on. But nonetheless, here we are on the Tuesday edition of Impacting Life 24-7. Let me make that change, Nisi. Hold on a second. We're here on the Tuesday edition of Impacting Life 24-7. And as you know, we are on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night at 7 p.m. And it's 30 minutes of fast impact. Got to edit that privacy because Zoom automatically sends us to another one. All right, we're good now, Nisi. You can share it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that we're we're talking tonight about writing a book. We're talking tonight about writing a book. And as you guys know, my book is coming out. Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you still can make it. The release date is scheduled for July 24th, 2022. 7-24-2022. And I decided to bring on tonight someone who is very skilled at writing a book. There's there's nothing like having an expert on your show who's actually done it. My cousin, you know her. She is Nisi Jordan, and she is the author of three books, not just one, but I only got one of them. And uh, the first one is Behind Closed Doors. I'll let her tell you about her other two. She's got a journal as well as a kid's book. And this girl has just been absolutely crushing it. And so I said, Nisi, I've had some struggles. And I know those of you out there in Impactville, what's up, VP? I know those of you out there in Impactville don't think CL King ever has struggles, but I do. And I wanted to bring somebody on who has gone through what I've been through and seen it to the finish line. And maybe we can together give you some insights of what you go through when you're writing it and uh, how you get it done. So I'm blessed to have on the virtual studios with me, Miss Nisi J. What's up, Nisi J? How are you, Nisi? I'm good. How are you? Good, girl, man. I'm just loving that you are all with me. We were cracking up in the pre-show, weren't we? Right. <laughs> yeah, people don't know, man. When you have when you have someone as close as Nisi J and I are on the show, um, you have a tendency to just <laughs> cut up, cut up. And and I said, I wish we had a recorded that because that was good. Uh, so here we are, Impact Life twenty four seven, man. We only it's a hot thirty minutes. Greg Smith, the VP in the background. Thank you. Say hello to our online audience and our live audience. Hey, Nasia Shepard, and all of those of you that are watching live as well as listening to our podcast around the world, 30 different countries, 47 states, and 27 platforms. Can y'all believe that? When we started Nisi, what nobody listened to it, not even Samson. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Nisi, you... Have you are the author of three books? The first one I hold in my hand, Behind Closed Doors. What are your other two books called? The other one coincides with my first book, 
Um, it's a journal. It's the Behind Closed Doors Journal. And then I have a kid's book for ages four to 10. And that is Behind Closed Doors, The Good Touch and the Bad Touch. The Good Touch and the Bad Touch, Behind Closed Doors. And you can get those books by Nisi Jordan from where, Nisi? You can purchase them on my website, imnisij.com, or you can get them on Amazon. Um, if you get it through my website, of course, it'll be an autographed copy, but um, through Amazon, it will not be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got an autographed copy here from Nisi J, and I brought her on for a specific reason tonight because I'm closing in, Nisi. And let's just pretend like nobody's here, just me and you. Okay. I'm closing in on the deadline, like it's less than a month away, to 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 finish. Who ate my brownie? And you know why I think me and you have connected so much during this journey is that our books are so similar. Would you agree? Yes, they are. They are. I mean, your book is a journey of what? Give the audience a a, a snapshot of what your book is about. Um, so my book is about ooh, some serious, serious struggles that I dealt with um, growing up from the age of seven till about, oh, I don't know, early, late 20s, early, mid 30s, something like that. Um, I went through uh, molestation and rape or not rape. I'm sorry. I do apologize. Molestation, uh, physical abuse. Um, mental abuse and attempts of suicide, unfortunately. Um, and the challenges I dealt with, you know, behind all of that and not being open and not being able to verbalize those um, instances with, you know, my parents or anybody close to me for that matter. And keeping all of that bottled up it, a lot, it caused me to make a lot of bad choices. Um, and it basically just talks about all of that and how I overcame those situations and where I am today. Yeah, you know, I will confess to you, Nisi, that I feel like sometimes when we say things like what we went through, like you just listed off some things. Sexual molestation by family members, right? Yes. These weren't distant family members. These were close family members. Right. Um, physical abuse, mental abuse, etc. I feel like sometimes people hear those things and they're just like, mm, too bad for her. Like we have almost become desensitized to the things that people carry around, right? So when I, in my book, Who Ate My Brownie, no matter the adversity, you still can make it. When I talk about being a homeless kid at age 11, sometimes I look at the faces, and I look over here, ladies and gentlemen, for those in our live audience, because my big screen is here, and I see Nisi over there, but <laughs> the camera over here. <laughs> uh, and so I just like looking. But, but I, I sometimes when I say, man, you know, that when I left the home of my mom and stayed on the streets of Cleveland for six months, people were just like, hmm, well, 
Glad you made it. They don't realize, Nisi, the mortal combat that we faced with these circumstances. Right. Right. So when I talked to you in the pre-show as we were getting our recording make- stopped. You know, this this has happened more than once, Nisi, where it just <laughs> where it just stops all of a sudden. We're good. You're you're still live. But recording my, in progress. But my recording on Zoom for some reason will just stop. And it, and I think it's my computer because I think I cracked my screen. And I think oh, it's like Lord. I think it's like doing movements, you know what I'm saying? Without mm-hmm. without me actually doing it because it's a touch screen. Nonetheless, when I left at age 11, when I left my home at age 11 and ran away, it, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced, you know, to leave, even though the home was horrific and the home was terrible, even though it was all that, to walk away from the shelter and safety that you know, to go out here and just survive it's it it's more than just wow that's that's an interesting story you know and then right. for, and then for you you dealt with having to be around the family members for years that took advantage of you right 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 and how yeah. how was that you know people who actually know me think that I'm just this hard person or just, you know, I have this hard exterior. Honestly, like, um, when it comes to people's feelings and when it comes to caring and trying not to cause conflict, I try to do that. And so because these things had happened to me, I still try to find a way to be around the family because of course you know we have family gatherings christmas and all that and i don't first of all don't want to lead on to anyone that there's a problem right but then at the same time i don't want to be this hateful person and side-eye the people who hurt me i don't want to be you know just distant from them you know what i mean though I should have, I still had that heart to be like, that's still my grandfather. That's still my uncle. And I guess it's just my heart. Yeah. That, that's your nature. And it, and it, it is honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it's the nature of family because I was thinking about that the other day. I said, man, what I would give, what I would give for DL sharp to still be alive. Even after all the stuff he did to me, I I would what I would give for him to be able to see his grandchildren. You know, he, right. he not he didn't get to see the first grandchild. Um, and as as bad as he treated me, and as bad as he did me, there's still like this component in every kid, even after we get become an adult, where we still love our family and we still um care about those who hurt us. So in your book, you're, you're detailing the things that, that took place. This is Behind Closed Doors by Nisi Jordan. You can get your copy of this book at I am Nisi J. I am Nisi J.com or am, on Amazon. I am Nisi J.com or on Amazon. 
And this is basically uh, Tanisha Jordan's uh, account of some of the struggles that she had being abused and it kept, it was maintained behind closed doors. Well, the same thing is for me. And that's why I brought you on because I started writing my book in January. When did you start writing your book? I began uh, October of 2017. And um, it wasn't a straight four years, but yes, I began then. So let me ask you this, because I, I want to mm-hmm. deal with this before we run out of time. What were some of the roadblocks to you finishing this book? Um, so I knew I was going to have to relive a lot of what had happened. Um, and when I started, I just think I just started on a whim because of the fact that um, I was feeling some type of way at that, that day that I actually picked up the pen. I was... I was angry, not at what happened to me, but something else was going on that day. But I knew a lot of my anger stemmed from what I went through. And so I was like, you know what? I got to figure out how to get over this. Right. I have to get past what happened to me so I can have a better life so I could be happy. You know what I mean? And not be so stressed all the time. And so I decided, well, let me go ahead and just write a book. But I did not realize in order for me to continue to write, I needed to stop first and pray about it and know that I have forgiven those who had hurt me. And I knew I hadn't, I forgive them, but I didn't forgive them to my fullest. I was, you know, like I forgive them, but I, I wasn't wholeheartedly forgiving them. And so I had to, I had to do that before I actually started. So and I knew that if I didn't feel like that, if I knew I did not forgive them, that I wasn't going to be able to to write this book. So that's the reason why I believe I kept picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, putting it down, because I just wasn't ready. And when I finally was ready, knew I was going to forgive them. Um, and I knew in my heart I was forgiving them. I just picked it up and I kept writing nonstop, nonstop until I got it finished. And that wasn't until last year, like the beginning of last year. And I just completed it. And here we are. Well, I, I want to I get your help and advice, and we probably can help somebody else. Because I'll be honest with you, Nisi. Here's I, the book, writing this book, and I have dozens and dozens and dozens of pages done. Okay, I'm like 75% done. The, the book is supposed to be done and released by July 24th, right? Right. Ain't been edited. I'm like, if I put this out with no editing, they're going to think King didn't graduate fifth grade. I'm still in Hawthorne, right? You know, there's there's the, there's the uh, copyright piece. There's the binding of the book. There's the printing. There is still mm-hmm. quite a bit to do. And I'm self-publishing because I just believe I'm that good. what has been revealed to me Nisi, is that i am an artsy person and i am a procrastinator okay i know that because when i was in college i waited when i had five online classes hard anthropology music appreciation art appreciation those are hard classes online 
I waited till the to for to complete the final where you had to write your final essay. I waited mm-hmm. to the day all five of those classes were due and wrote all of the essays the same day. I'm like that too. Right. <laughs> so so I know I know that I have that 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 propensity. I'm the master of the two minute drill. Like I've Greg has driven me to speeches and I haven't written the speech yet. I don't, then nobody even knows what I'm talking about. And I have it together by the time we get to the speech. But I realized that there was more than just procrastination, Nisi. There was three elements that have made this probably one of the hardest, you know, events for me to accomplish. Number one was revisiting all these stories. Mm-hmm. Was that hard for you? Yes, it was. It was, but it needed to be done. Yes. And what what people don't understand is like 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 when I say, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this book right here behind closed doors. This isn't the same as like a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. You know what I mean? This this isn't the same as a cool novel about walking on the shores of Eastern Carolina. You know what I mean? This, this is heavy. This is, this is someone's, uh, this is someone's emotional and physical anguish pinned to paper. And, and when I look at what I'm doing, it's, you know, some people comment and they say, man, I can't wait to see your book. I'm like, mm, you probably can. Cause it, cause it ain't that it's not that type. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not this, it's not this, Hey man, let's all get around and have some cocktails and read chapters together. Right. <laughs> You're not going to want to do that. <laughs> right. Right. It's heavy. Why, why Nisi? Because 53 million Americans walk around every day that have been sexually abused. Absolutely. They're in our cubicles. They're they're coaching our little league teams. They're even preaching in our pulpits. Yeah. And so when you unearth this thing, it is it is not a novelty. It's this book is not a novelty. This is not just something that you're gonna man. I can't wait to sit down with a nice cup of coffee and just peruse through what you said. It's gonna take you places maybe that you have been hiding yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I talking? Am I talking to somebody? Are you feeling me, Nisi? I'm feeling you. <laughs> Understanding it. <laughs> yep. So the first element I realized is that I was procrastinating. The second element I realized that these were painful stories. You know what I've been doing to write my book? Did you do anything special to get you in the mode to write? Um. Honestly, I didn't. Um, the only thing that I would do is, again, it was all about forgiving them. And when I knew I was going to write something pertaining to them, um, you know, I had to pray, put in just a small little prayer, like, you know, just get me through this, you know? Um, but there was really nothing special I'd done except that I, I knew that I would be okay again, once I had prayed about it and once I had forgiven them 
Um, I would just go somewhere where it was quiet, peace right. and quiet, and just write. Well, let me let me tell you this, Nisi. Here's here's the deal. For me, it is because I went through three different types of dispensations. Uh, three or four different types. In other words, you know, actually living with my family and going through abuse, physical and sexual, living in a living in a group home, going through abuse, physical and sexual, and living in a foster home where neither foster home was I sexually or physically abused, but as you you may remember, uh, my other foster brother and I got accosted by two 40 year old women when I was, right. when I was 13, that's not something that should be happening. So here's what right. I do. I want, I want y'all to listen uh, to this real quick. Here's what I do. So what I do is every time I write almost without fail, I put on music from the 80s. See, this is Heart, the song called These Dreams. I can't play too much of it or else they'll sue me and come back and take all my money. But the reason why I play that is because it is so hard to be in that mode as a 47-year-old C.L. King. It's so hard to be in that mode that when I'm going to write about it, I've got to actually, you're, you're good. It's fine. <laughs> I've got to actually go back to 1984. You know what I mean? I've got to mentally go back there because if not, I feel like there's two war, wars going on. You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's a war going on where I'm the 47 year old Chris King trying to write about, the nine or 10 year old Chris King. Right. And so I right. put, I Mariah asked me last night to turn it down a little bit because I've been writing till about 12, one, two, three in the morning. And I, I, I put myself in that position and you know what? It just flows like water off of Niagara falls because I put myself in that mode. So, mm -hmm. so when I wasn't putting myself in that mode, Nisi, it was causing me, dark pain. Yeah. And I can't explain why it I need why I need to do that, but it's just like sometimes I feel like I just transfer transfer myself there. The um right. so so it was it was I'm a procrastinator. It was uh you know that that this was painful to write about. Um and I and I recognize that but I have come to the point where realizing that the finished product has to be right. And for you, Nisi, how important was it for you to get this right the first time? It was very important because, you know, when you're writing something, especially when you're writing about your life and you're adding, you know, people to this, to your story, um, you want to make sure that your words are correct. You want to make sure that your story is correct. You don't want no one to come back and be like, oh, that wasn't right, or oh, she lying, or, you know, it was important for me to get it out on paper the correct way 
So there's no coming back with, oh, that's a lie. Oh, that's a lie. But really nobody can tell me that because nobody knows my story. But, you know, it's just important for me to put it out there. And it was important for me to get it out there when I did. So other people who who have gone through it, you know, could relate. Because I know after it was written, there were so many people who read it and came back like, oh, my God. You made me want to tell my, you know, tell mm-hmm. what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to make sure that all my details, everything was in a row, everything was correct. Right. You know, so people can really look at it and understand what I went through. So they can also say, man, I can relate to that. Right. And, and you know, that that's for me. I, I think someone said that the greatest way for those who are dead to impact those who are yet to be born, write a book. Long after you and I are gone, Nisi, this will be on shelves. Somewhere. Somewhere. And I determined that part of the reason why I wanted to get my book done was because I don't know my family history. I don't know my family hierarchy. I don't know. I, I know almost nothing about my dad's side of the family and very, very minuscule amounts of my mom's side. You know, I'm not even named after my dad. I'm named after my mom, you know, and there's Samson. (laughs) So, so when we, when we talk about um, overcoming these hurdles, I, I just feel like for me, I know that 724, 2022 is our, on paper deadline, but I've given myself some grace. You know, Nisi, I've said, I'm going to put the hammer. Like I was late waking up this morning because I was up so late last night and I'm going to be up late again tonight. Putting, put more, listening to heart, putting more words on the paper. <laughs> but, but if I, if I can't make the finished product arrive at 724, and it's 824 and I produce something that is, I think, integrally accurate and that it's a quality product and that when it's delivered, when people pick it up, they feel like, man, this this touches me. I think that's better than rushing just to make a deadline. How do you feel about that? Right, right. I was going to say... Um, what's in the book is more important than that, that than the deadline. And, you know, like I said, you want to give your story and you want to give it correctly. You want to do it with your heart, not just with the pen and paper, like, Oh, let me hurry up and get it out. So, you know, people can see it. No, you want to get out, get your story out and you want to do it the right way and with all of your heart into it. So, I mean, I believe you can get it out in July. However, I ain't got it. Ain't the first ain't the first letter edited, girl. I, <laughs> I had to give every page out to all the homies and say, "Can you edit this for me?" And and you know what? Here here's the deal. I recognized also this one other thing for me. It's called MLA. Thank you, Katrina. Katrina says it's going to be dope whether it's comes out seven twenty four or eight twenty four. I appreciate you. These are there. There have been several MLAs 
in my life. And I'm sure while you were writing it, you had them. You know what an MLA is? What is it? A major life event. And that's one thing that we probably don't take into account when we get ready to say, man, I'm going to write this book, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got life events that take place. Yeah. I was telling uh, Black this today that Charity and I did not realize how much of a... Recording stopped. We'll just keep going. I got it anyway. Um, (laughs) I record in three different places, so it's all good. Okay. Charity and I did not realize how much of a gut punch it would be for Chris to leave and go to boot camp. We had no clue. He's the, you know, it's like we were all this, we were praying for we, you know, I've argued with the army to get him into the band. I was about to ready to go down there and punch somebody in the face. Like if my son (laughs) didn't get to play the drums, right. This is something we've been practicing for and prepping for, for, for 17 and a half years and then when he finally gets it, Charity and I go into a, a state of absolute mourning. <laughs> like, like we crawl. I'm serious, man. I didn't want to come out of the bed. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? I mean, when we dropped him off at the van for him to go off to boot camp, everybody tried to hold it together. You know, Jeremiah trying to be tough and Charity's trying to be, you know, strong and stoic. As soon as I put that thing in reverse, <laughs> and then then jeremiah comes home you know he's shared a room with chris since he's been born right mm-hmm. and uh, i thought jeremiah you know he's a fisherman he's a hunter he's a he's a rough and tough dude he came home and he sat down in that room where there was no longer chris and it was almost like the feeling that a person feels when they grieve of a lost loved one yeah it was that intense wow and 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 we just forgot what that feeling feels like. And so for weeks, I was like, I ain't writing nothing. I don't feel like writing nothing. You know what I mean? I, I, I And I just, it was a major life event for me. You know, there's been other major life events that we've had that, that, that I just am like, it's my book. I'll write it when I want to. You know? Right. And so how does somebody, and this is because you're an expert, how does somebody balance their major lives of life events and get through it to get back to producing what they what their dream and their heart is? It's hard to even answer that question because you just have no idea when or how. It's like one of those go with the flow type things, you know. I have you know, stuff going on. I have grandkids that I keep every day. I have my husband. I had, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on, including work and at the time. And it was like, I couldn't put times or days with when I was going to write because something always interferes with that. So it was more for me. It's just when it's time, when it's that perfect time, it's going to present itself. And then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write. I did not force it because when you force something, that's when it becomes. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, when it that, becomes that's, that's a, a good point. big ball of crap. You know what I mean? Kat- so. Katrina said life events happened with both of her books. And I have both of her books in the studio here because she decided to love and then 
the unexpected happen, both by poor Katrina McCain, who is also a sponsor of Impact Life 24-7. Shameless plugs happen on this show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nisi, how come you ain't a sponsor? I got your book up here, and I ain't got no, I ain't get a penny from you but a dollar <laughs> off a of cash app. You did. You got a dollar from me. I was on DC's show, and she was asking, what was the song to the, I'm telling it. She said, what's the song to the Golden Girls, right? So, so I, I had to, no, I had, you had a game. They was giving away prizes, and I had to call in to say, who, what was the song to the Golden Girls? I seen the lyrics. That's what it was. I got it right, and she says, okay, your prize is coming, coming to your, send us your cash app. I'm like, Charity, don't cook tonight, baby. I'm getting something in the cash app from DC. And, <laughs> It's it was so it was it was so dynamic. It's still in the cash app. Let's just lay that. <laughs> Nisi, Nisi, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna send you that money back. You need it, obviously. <laughs> for, oh, for those of you who don't know, we don't talk we don't talk about this a lot. I don't know if she likes to or not, but she's my cousin, and I love this girl <laughs> to death. And uh, she's she, not by blood, but probably by a more probably by a more important element and it's by choice. Uh, you know, she is my foster mom's granddaughter. And when I lived with Ruthie Plowden for all those years, Nisi and I went to the same schools and uh, ran around in the same circles, just like cousins. And here at 47 and about to be 48, uh, we are, there's no separation. We are family. And, um, that's what mom plowed and kind of engendered, man. And so I love you, Nisi. And I love you more. It is true. Greg said he gave himself three years notes and more notes treated as a hobby. And and I agree. I, I do feel like there is an urgency to, to getting mine done. Um, because, I, you know, I've been speaking for, for 20 years and, even my music teacher, Miss Jill Morell, she commented the other night she had no clue because I've been putting these little nuggets out from my book. Nisi, have you been seeing them? Yeah, yeah I've been putting little excerpts out kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, this is where we're going. And she said I had no clue. Wow. And she she was my she was my most beloved teacher in high school. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people just see you in your end state or the last state that they remember you in and they can't believe that you went through all of that. Like when I look at Nisi Jordan, I see a successful business mogul. I don't see someone who carried around the weight and shame of being sexually molested by her own family. My fifth grade teacher, um, I love her to death. Um, as well as another teacher of mine, Miss Jones and Miss Freeman or Miss Gilliam. Now, um, they both, purchased the book and when they came to my book signing um and when they found out that I wrote the book and found out what it was about first thing Miss Gilliam said to me I had no idea you were in my classroom you were like my child wow and you never carried yourself you know as if something was wrong I got a lot of that from a lot of people you would never know that I went through what I went through because it was one of those things where yeah you have to put a mask on right you know, if you don't want anyone to know who you are. Right. And I did that for so long that I, at some point I knew I had to remove it um, because it was just causing too many issues. Right. You know, in my life. Yeah. So. And you're right. And I gave us a little extra time tonight because I knew this was going to be good and deep. 
and and really, I've had to address those those peripheral issues that have happened in my life because you know people think, man, you're a speaker, you're this, you're that, and why is this a struggle for you, right? You just don't know what people carry around. So uh, we're we're putting the hammer down. In fact, as soon as I finish up with this and we we load the show up, I will be turning on heart and Toto. And all the 80, 80s music. You, was you even yes, rap? I love Toto. You like Toto? You like Toto? I love Toto. Africa, I got, girl. I got Johnny, Toto, all that. Yeah, Toto. man. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 was, that was a different time, right? Like, I don't know none of the music now today. Right. The, you listen to that stuff right there. That's like, that's. You can't understand it. No, man. No. <laughs> um, and, and uh, yeah. So, and, and really, that's just what I've been doing. I have not been pressuring myself. But I, I do have, I do believe that if you have a goal, you should try for it. Even if you fall short, at least try. And so that's what I'm doing. I know I've got just a short amount of pages left and uh, talk today with Black about, you know, our editing apparatus, what we're going to do for editing and, you know, starting to get the wheels in motion. I understand that this is, this is coming to a close, but I also realized that I probably could have been done three months ago. You know what I'm saying? I could have been, but I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And I'm not going to give someone who will pick this book up a short changed, hurriedly rushed, put together piece of work that doesn't touch their heart just because I needed to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm feeling good where I'm at. And I just wanted to talk to you as a subject matter expert to hear the struggles that you went through. And and how you overcame it? I mean, you got you got. Um, let's see how many pages you got. One hundred thirteen pages in this book. Do you know how many words you put in your book? I don't know how many words. How come I nobody ever knows that? You know, <laughs> I, I you know, it could have been a lot more. I think um, I just I put in there what I knew what was important to you and what needed to be told. Right. Um, and that's the thing. I'm looking at some of the chapters that I have left and I'm like, uh, I don't think I need to put that in there. I might could just right. make that. I can make that a story in a chapter, but I don't need to make that a whole chapter. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, right. It, you know, a lot of my folks who've written these books, I mean, some, the, the lady who wrote uh, the little black funeral dress, she's got about 80 something pages. Um, Greg, who is, the VP, he's got a very nice book, well put together. Looks like he's got 81, 82 pages. So that's a real good sweet spot for, for because the audiences, you got to think, when I get a book that's like this thick, I ain't reading it. Me, me. I'm just telling you now, I'm not reading your book. You, you can give it to me, you can sign it, but I ain't I'll reading it. i through it. <laughs> I'll read the back and find out what it's about. <laughs> So anyway, this has been this has been a, a hilarious and a very revealing time on Impacting Life 24-7 with um, my dear cousin, Nisi J. She's the author of Behind Closed Doors, Behind Closed Doors, Good Touch, Bad Touch, and also the journal. What's it called? The Behind Closed Doors behind, Journal. Behind the Closed Doors Journal. You can get them at I am Nisi J dot com to get your signed autographed copy or you can go to amazon and get them there um 
did you self-publish or did you let someone publish your works? I had someone publish it for me. Yeah, and see, I'm such a control freak that I want to I want to publish it. I want to I want to be the one blowing up the balloons at the party. <laughs> um, no, it's not that. It's just that I know that I've worked a long time to build a pretty big platform. So I just felt like, hey, man, let me do it myself the first time. Mm-hmm. Put a whole labor of love in it. And then the next time, because I do have another book that's already in the works. Um, then we can let that be published and I can go on about my business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I know that writing this book is not about 100, not 100% about making money. But it is about making an impact. And your book has made an impact in my life and many others. So, Nisi, until next time, maybe I'll get invited on your podcast, which is getting ready. Yeah, absolutely. To, which, is, which is getting ready, ready to be released in August. What's it going to be called? Lunchtime Conversation. Lunchtime Conversation. So, Nisi with is Nisi with Nisi J exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> and she's gonna be yes. on the pod. She's gonna be on the Podbean label. So we'll be sisters and brothers on that, because that's the label that carries us. And um, any closing thoughts that you have for authors who may be out there struggling uh, to get their work done, Nisi, go ahead and give them a closing thought. The only thing that I can say for anyone who is trying to write a book, just be true to whatever it is that you are trying to do. Um, you know, especially if it's about your life story, that is so important to be. 100% true to your story. Like, be sure to pray about it. That's most important. You need to pray about what you are doing um, before you put pen to paper. Um, and just, you know, just be focused. Just stay focused. Um, don't let anything, you know, distract you from writing your story. You know, there's so many things that can distract you from writing a story. The devil will come in knowing that you're trying to do something good. The devil will come in and try to distract you from that. Yes, he will. You know, just make sure you pray about it. Pray. Amen. Well, Nisi, it's good to have you on our international podcast. This is four times I've been on your show once, but we won't we won't labor. You are tell we, you we won't labor on that. We won't labor on that. Well, I'm still fifty percent more <laughs> you on my show, so there's that. <laughs> See, that's what you know that, that it ain't real, right? When you got to keep score, it ain't real, cause oh, exactly. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time, Nisi. God bless you. All right, thank you. Love Take you. Take care. Love you too, baby. So that was uh, Nisi J. She is on. Uh, her platform is I am DCJ and uh, she has lunchtime conversation. She's getting ready to move to a podcast and uh, looking forward to that. And it's going to be great. Greg, thank you for being with me. Greg is the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, I'm writing this book. Not the, not the reason, but he's the, he's the motion behind it. He's the impetus behind it. Cause I have been, we and him have been traversing around all over the country and speaking for chicken dinners. <laughs> and Greg said, man, Chris, you got to get your book done. And I've been putting it off for years, literally for years, guys. And uh, he inspired me by number one, showing me that it could be done. And he wrote his own. And uh, his book is right here in prominent Location in the studio, 
and um, I said, man, Greg, I'm, I'm going to get it done. And so he gave me a date. He said, go for this date because 724 is 24 <laughs> seven in reverse. And uh, so if I don't have the ma- if I don't have the hardback printed copy in my hand, I promise you that I, there will not be a pending manuscript. We'll be done with all of that. Um, and I owe my, I, I owe everything that I am as a professional speaker and an impact motivator and a business owner. I owe everything that I am to Greg Smith. That's why he eats at the table first. I don't say that with any reservations. He eats at the table first because you know why? It's a difficult thing to find someone that'll ride with you. It's an even more difficult thing to find someone that'll ride with you when your tires is flat. It don't matter whether I'm up or down. Greg Smith is for CL King. Been that way since day one. And he could easily be doing something else. But we've been riding together for a long, long time. We're going to continue to ride this thing all the way till we make our first three million then i'm gonna go ahead and let him retire <laughs> so anyway on behalf of impact life 24 7 incorporated or llc with mike black greg smith and cl king we say thank you so much to our entire staff katrina danny we love you guys we'll talk to you again on thursday for another exciting episode of impact life 24 7 with your host cl king